Welcome baby boomers, Generation X, Millennials, and Generation Z, and any other generation I may have forgot to the A-Space podcast. We're about to run the intro, thanks in part to I Am Him Beats. This is the whole point of this podcast. What we need to do is to open up a healthy discussion about this issue. You can't get rid of an idea by pretending it doesn't exist. You gotta get outside of your household and try to make meaningful, deep connections with other people, and then you can probably consider those other people family. That'll probably be one of the things that drive us to becoming a more caring world. You know what I'm saying? Like, Welcome to the podcast, which is available on podcast services around the globe. This podcast is a Stitcher Premium affiliate. With Stitcher Premium, you can get episodes of some of your favorite podcasts ad-free. You can also get Stitcher Originals. And if you listen to this podcast, you can get one free month of Stitcher Premium on us by using code ASPACE at checkout. That's code ASPACE at checkout to get one free month of Stitcher Premium on us. Why not do it? You can also catch us on social media channels at A Space Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. And if you have questions, comments, or concerns, you can email us at aspacepodcast at gmail.com. And thank you for listening. We're going straight to the podcast. Have you taken a sip yet? No. Okay. Welcome to a series called The First Sip with the one eye gambler and Nemesis <laughs> AP. First taste, first review, first impressions. There you go. Welcome. This is going to be covering a whole bunch of stuff in the future, but for now we're talking about a chocolate chai. Explain what that is, Nemesis. It's like, usually it's a chocolate chai latte. Mm. You, uh. Damn. You um, steam the milk like you would do a regular latte, mm. but it would be chocolate milk. And then you would uh, drop in uh, a chai bag, top it with some whipped cream and some chocolate shavings. It's a, it's a good drink at Bean Traders, which is like right down the street from where I live. So, But we make it here in our house, and it freaking smacks, bro. Ooh, that's I love good. It. You like it? Yeah, good amount of, like, classic chai taste, cinnamon, spices, a little bit of, like, pumpkin warm. 
almost like nutmeggy. Yeah. Which I really love. I love nutmeg. People are like, nutmeg, uh, too much. I'm like, uh-huh, nutmeg. <laughs> yeah, it's really good, man. Mm. I love the drink. That's really good. So, I got to give a special shout-out at the beginning of all this uh, okay. to my aunt. We're just going to call her Aunt E for the sake of permissions and all that. Special thanks to Auntie for helping me and the wife out recently with a generous donation to our personal cause, not to the podcast. Although she did also donate to the podcast, so double shout out. Double shout out for the uh, $200 donation to Aunt D. Thank you so much for that donation. It's going to go a long way for us. Thank you very much. Thank you more so on a personal level for the contribution to me and my wife. It is unbelievable. And we, I, I can't put into words how much I appreciate it and how much it has helped. So thank you very much. There will be a card and flowers to come. But for now, thank you so much, Auntie. It has been a huge help. So... We were talking previously before the podcast about social media in the workplace. Oh, yeah. And I wanted to go ahead and ask you about how that affects streaming and growing your stream and personal content creation for our younger listeners who may or may not be looking into creating their own social media as a branding and self-branding, I should say, building their own brand and getting their, their face and their personality attached to a, a digital resume that people can just literally Google and find. Yeah. Rather than, because, you know, the workplace is changing and it's really annoying to try and make yourself stand out on a digital resume when everybody has to answer a 200-question personality evaluation. Yeah. Right? And so having that social media presence as a professional um almost like a professional PowerPoint of, hey, this is who I am, this is what you're, you're going to be bringing into your team yeah. to help, A, stand out from the crowd, and B, streamline your interview process and prospects. Shortens down the time that you have to wait for a yes or no, yeah. increases the light, the, the, the capability for you to get hired and market yourself, rather than having somebody else's format market you for them. Yeah. <clears throat> so how's that affected you and your new gig? Um, I mean, I may not wholly understand your question, but for me, uh, the way I took it was how has it affected me putting myself out there as a public image, doing the things that I'm doing as of late in my workplace? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Um, well... I'm in no ways as popular as anybody else you could find out there streaming because I've started video gaming streaming lately. But one thing I've learned is that you just have to kind of positively contribute to any workspace that you are doing at the moment. So, and that entails a lot of things. First of all, I say workspace because when you start in your own thing, like when you start in this podcast or when you start in streaming or anything, you think it's not going to be work. 
you think it's going to be all fun and games. It is not fun. You got to show up. You got to put the time in. You got to put the work in. And I mean, ultimately, that's been the thing because, like, I don't know. You see it so much, so much when you go online. Like, for anybody out there that's looking to start the gig economy and they're looking to, like, go into contracting work, which is like Uber, Lyft, DoorDash, stuff like that. If you don't think that that's a freaking job in and of itself, too. Like, a lot of people go into, oh, I can make my own hours. I can work whenever mm-hmm. I want to. I can do this and that. Bro, it's a grind like anything else. It's you harder. To, you have to grind, and it's harder. It's like starting your own business. Everybody thinks that when you start your own business, that it's going to be easy. I'm going to be able to control my life. When you you have so many people walking around with a 9 to 5 mindset, right? They're like, all right, I'm going to clock into work. Somebody's going to order my steps for me. i got these tasks that I have to do. And then at the end of the day, when I get off at 5, I'm going to go home. I'm free. What you don't realize is when you start your own thing, you order you. And if you don't have no order, <laughs> it's not it's not working out for you. Right. So you got to have that discipline and that, that personal drive just to go, this is what I'm after. And. When my friends hit me up to go grab a quick beer, if I say yes, that's like, that's your 30-minute lunch, baby. Exactly. Or if, like, I mean, dude, like, if you, okay, so, like, with video game streaming, Mm. it's like, now if you're making, like, if you're making content, like, I find myself only personally playing video games now, like personally alone by myself, probably one day out of the week. Now all my time is spent content creating and doing streaming, right? Mm-hmm. Which is like a big thing because it's like this thing used to be something that I used to do, like, in private of my own home. Nobody can see my mess-ups. Nobody can see this or that. Now it's this thing where, like, I'm sharing it with the world, and they're seeing me mess up. I'm trying to build relationships with people. It's difficult to juggle playing a game and connecting with people at the same time, which is, like, a lot of what streaming is about. It's, like, building relationships with people at the same time, entertaining them as well. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and... That becomes a thing where it's kind of like, man, like, everything I'll play now has to be for a purpose, which is good and is bad. For me, the reason why I'm streaming is because I want to share those moments with people. Like, there's been times where I'm playing a game by myself before I was streaming where I'm like, dang, I wish people could be there with me and see that moment and share that moment with me. Uh-huh. Like those clutch games, like I'm pretty sure you playing League of Legends. There's those clutch moments where you're like, bro, I wish somebody was watching this crap. Like, uh-huh. that's the type of stuff that, like, I want to share with the world. And I want, like, there's these relationships that you can build with people. Like, soldiers talk about this all the time. How, like, when they're in battle, that's when they build relationships with other people. The same thing happens in video game culture. It's just like, You go through these games with people, you guys are working together, teamwork, y'all communicating with each other, y'all are learning things about each other. 
And after a moment of playing enough with specific people, you get to the point where you build relationships with people. And that's kind of beautiful for people to witness because there's a lot of people out here who they can't go out to the club or they can't go out to the bar. It's hard for them to build relationships with people inside of normal social spaces in real life. But they can do it and build relationships with people virtually through video games. And that's dope, too. And it's good to spur positivity there, too. So I find that, like, this this thing of creating content and streaming video games, um, for me, has put me in a situation where it's put me out there publicly, but in a good way to, like, spread the different things that I'm doing and reach people's, like, eyes and ears with content that's spreading positivity the same way that the same thing that we're doing with this podcast here, which is kind of like creating conversations with people. That's the same thing that you're doing with streaming, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, cause really like information and like my opinion, your opinion, like our commentary on different subjects, different topics, the same thing happened with games where, like, games have so much to offer. Like, games have taught us so much over the decades about ourselves that we needed to know. Mm-hmm. Like, if you think about it, like, if you super nerd think about it for real quick, it's like all the games that you probably played if you're a gamer have taught you something about life, right? It's like, mm-hmm. if you think about it intrinsically, like, keep the high ground, like, Always move, always keep moving, like teamwork, you got to communicate well, mm-hmm. you got to know your enemy and at the same time know you like when athletes go back, they look at their footage of their games, right? They analyze that footage, they analyze the opponent's team. They analyze their team. They look at themselves individually. They say, this is where I have an advantage. This is where I'm disadvantaged. This is where I messed up. This is where they messed up. That's the same thing you're constantly doing in a video game. Most times, if you're taking it seriously, which is like you're always knowing what your opponent is doing. And Mm. that's the same thing they teach you in law enforcement. You always have to know what the crook out there on the street is thinking to get inside their head. Like, that's what makes good plainclothes officers. Like, you got to live the life, know the life, be in there. That's undercover cops. That They do good at that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's the same yeah. thing they teach you in the military. You got to study your opponent. Like, this is art of war stuff. Like, we have, like, I don't know. If you think about it deeply, I'm probably taking it deeper for people who don't care about video games. For a lot of people out there that do care about video games, it's real deep how you can think about it. Like, if you take these things that you do, you try to study your opponent, you try to be better than them in video games, you try to do that in life too, in business. You're studying your opponents, your opposition in your specific industry. You're seeing how you can be better than them and how you can get in that hole and get in there and be better than me getting an advantage in the industry in the market it's the same way mm. so we we gotta so these are the things that i want to do with my video game streaming is kind of like relate these things that we learn in video games to real life also entertain people have some fun you know track what's happening in the video games how that relates to like real life business. politics business where video games are going 
Because for a lot of people, video games are a big part of their life. They don't right. want it to go to something that becomes unenjoyable for them. Mm-hmm. And you want to make sure you're you're a voice for that. Um, so that's just become my main thing now for a minute. It's just being a content creator, doing this podcast, doing video game streaming, make sure I promote both on both. That's basically what I've been doing. I mean, what about you? I know you're thinking about going into that area. Yeah, so I'm trying to line it up. Um, it seems like the tech on my end is just so much more annoying to to go through because PC has been so advanced for so long. There's a bunch of different, like, beginner, mid, best tiers, and then there's a bunch of, like, halfway measures in between each tier. I'm trying to measure out the price point for the bang for the buck and then still get it all arrive and up to date at the same time so I can get it set up and launch it. Mm-hmm. It's more annoying than I thought it would be. Getting the details from the market is harder than I thought it would be. But there are tons of options and customizations, so whatever I start with is not going to be what I end up with to begin with. I just mm-hmm. want to know. It's a, it's a, for me, it's a matter of determining what investment I do first and how far that initial jump-off investment is going to carry me. Yeah. And I really, you want that initial jump off, especially for PC content creation, whether it's games or whatever, whatever it is, you need it to carry you at least two years, probably, which most average PCs will, whether it's a desktop or laptop, you get a PC, it should carry you for two years, especially if you get a warranty plan on it. You take it, you send it back to the shop if for some reason it goes haywire, you know, whatever. Maybe you got the bad battery in the batch of like 386. Okay. Yeah. That's why you always buy the motherfucking warranty, because you can't fix it yourself. And if you can, you should just build it yourself rather than buy it, which right. you would if you could build it. So um, I did look into building it myself, and I was looking into all the computer tech and parts and everything, and I was pretty much well versed on it, but my main problem is the wiring and soldering. Yeah. A, I don't have the time to test and make sure all that shit's working. And I already don't have a PC to compare it to to measure the performance standards against. Yeah. So I basically have to buy one straight out that's already built for market so that that's basically the control in Mm -hmm. my experiment. And then if I want to build my my next one or if I want to upgrade and cannibalize this one to be, you know, Frankenstein's creature and be a workhorse. I can do that later on. So I'm just trying to find the middle ground. The middle ground. Middle. Middle. That Irish came out. (laughs) The middle middle ground Mm -hmm. to jump off from. And I'm pretty much set on that, actually. I've been doing a lot of research and digging into that. And so I'm pretty much set on where I want to fall. My Biggest issue is is a triple threat of processing speed, dedicated memory, or built-in memory, and dedicated graphics cards. Dedicated is harder to upgrade over time, because dedicated basically means it's built-in, typically. Um, but I do know of a workaround for that. It just costs a little bit to upgrade it. Yeah. You gotta take it to, like, a tech specialist who can literally... 
take it out and then re-solder the new one back in, basically. Um, but it is a gaming PC, so it shouldn't really be, like, hardwired into the plastic frame like it would be in a laptop for streamlining yeah. it. It should just be, quote-unquote, dedicated, like, that is the gaming graphics card. Um, Look, I'm all into building my own PC, and that's probably something I'll do in my, like, in my content creation is, like, once I get enough followers and, you know, viewers and stuff like that, we'll just build that that shit together, bro. Like, <laughs> if you follow me, we're just going to be building it together and learning together. Because, yeah. I mean, me, only thing I know is the basics of what's been taught, which is, like, there is a CPU, you have your RAM, you have your VRAM, which is basically like your GPU, which is your graphics. Monitor, mouse, keyboard, that's all the freak I know, bro. When he starts getting into gigahertz and it starts getting into like a... <coughs> excuse me. When it starts getting into like frames per second, resolution, stuff like that. Like that's just stuff now that when I've started mm -hmm. streaming, so I've just started to learn. So here's an example which is of like crazy. Here's an example yeah. of market trickery that yeah. I've run into. That if I was the average person looking to get into it, I wouldn't know jack shit about. But because I've studied a little bit of computer science in my in my hobbies, I understand conversion ratios yeah right so i understand that when i'm looking at uh the specs right you have megahertz and gigahertz i understand that giga is bigger than mega mm -hmm. just from my a my undergrad studies and like conversion ratios and chemistry right giga is higher up on the conversion scale so it if giga is bigger than mega it takes numerically higher megahertz to equal one unit of giga Mm -hmm. Right. So when it, I'm looking at the quote unquote top of the line, uh, buy built, uh, gaming PC, right. For eight ninety nine ninety nine, right. Which is going to come out to about a thousand after tax and shipping. Mm -hmm. 16 gigabytes of memory size, which is really good. AMD Ryzen seven processor, AMD processor manufacturer, right. So AMD is building the model itself is what mm -hmm. that tells you. It's not being bought by AMD and being built by Joe Schmo in mm -hmm. Idaho to sell to you. Right? It's coming straight from the manufacturer. Here's the problem though. Processor speed 2400 megahertz. Mm -hmm. Right? So because mega is lower than giga by one degree, it takes a thousand megahertz to equal one giga. That means 2,400 megahertz is 2.4 gigahertz processing speed. Yeah. Which is really slow for a gaming PC. Right. Because mine is like 3.6. Right. My laptop is got 12 or 16 gigabytes in itself. Mm -hmm. Right. And I can't change any of this hardware. I mean, laptop. I have a better computer than that over there. That's what I'm saying. For, for processor speed, thing, yeah. But for about computer, 650. And this is the, the trickery, right? No, like, it has the same AMD Ryzen. I have 16 gigs. There you go. And it's 3.6 right. gigahertz. And that computer over now, there, $600. Is the graphics compressor NVIDIA? Is, is it NVIDIA? Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. No, no, no. So here's the trick, right? Mm -hmm. This is the trickery. 
Wait, so your so processor. The GPU is oh the processor is by AMD. Yes, the processor. Oh, but the GPU is by Nvidia. Right, and so okay. But here's the trick with gaming PCs mm-hmm. is that the processor doesn't have to be top of the line, the fastest thing in the world. It doesn't have to be like four gigahertz, right? Which is like the top market you can buy, right? It can be 2.4 gigahertz if your comp- if your com- graphics compressor is big enough, right? And this is a NVIDIA GTX 1660. So this is one of the new ones they released. Mm, that's all right. Here's the trick. That's like a mid-grade. When you're trying yeah. to capture, stream, compress into, mm-hmm. a, into one file, that's going to slow down that 2.4 gigahertz way more than mm-hmm. it will the market price. It's one market down, right? It's one markdown is the mid-grade, 8 gigabytes, AMD R-series, not the Ryzen 7, but it's got a 3.1 gigahertz processor, and the compressor is only a GeForce GTX, mm-hmm. right? But it has a terabyte of hard disk space instead of 500. So it can process everything onto the CPU, and it's not going to have nearly the problem it is. Now, it only has four processors instead of eight. But it's gonna do it faster. Yeah. Even though the graphics compressor is smaller, when you're going through a capture card, anyways, it's doing the compressing. Mm-hmm. Right. So I can upgrade the GeForce GTX later on if I want to mm-hmm. for like a hundred bucks. Yeah. Right. Or I can Plus pay more. an extra two hundred and fifty now for the eight ninety nine. And get a slower CPU, which costs more to upgrade later on. I mean, I have exactly that. You know what I'm saying? But I got it for way less than eight ninety nine. <laughs> right, and you have a faster <laughs> processor. Like the yeah. the mid grade market tier, which only has eight gigabytes of memory, mm-hmm. right? Which is irrelevant when you have a terabyte of hard disk space. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, same. But my GPU is nowhere near as powerful as that one, though. So I, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess that's where you pay an extra two fifty for that. Yeah. But, you know. Or you just buy it aftermarket. But, like you yeah, said, you, you don't said. need that when you have a capture card, because I have a capture card. So exactly. When you have a capture me. card, it's doing the compressing. So you don't have to pay the extra 250 for a GTX 1660 well, you when gotta, you can buy it off-market by you yourself. You have to when you make it ninja in. numbers, but... <laughs> no, like, not even... But you, <laughs> like, at that point, yeah. if you're making ninja numbers, they send you the fucking computer. Right. But, point being... You can buy that GTX 1660 card and literally pop the other one out, the GeForce GTX, mm-hmm. pop the new one in for 120 bucks, mm-hmm. and it's literally pop in, pop out. There's no wiring or anything; just clicks in. You know, it's not like a mm-hmm. CPU that you gotta then tie to the power box and then you gotta tie yeah. it into the dedicated graphics. None of that. No, no, no. Not doing that. It's just the the compressor, right? Mm-hmm. Same thing with the uh, processor. You can upgrade the processor to a 16 gig memory size aftermarket. You just double up on the size and it plugs right in. The computer is built with that space in mind. Like mm-hmm. the home box is built with that space in mind to upgrade later. So these are things you've got to figure out when yeah. you're trying to PC game and content create because the market is trying to rip your ass off, baby. Yeah. Now, here's the real kicker. You upgrade the midway point between the two, right? 
you downgrade to a six core, right? So you're you're going from eight to six or from four to six, right? Sixteen gigabytes, Ryzen seven, three point two gigs, gigahertz, GeForce GTX ten sixty, right? Instead of sixteen sixty or the regular GTX, it's the mid ground. Five hundred ter gigabytes, right? Which is irrelevant because you can buy like the terabyte, the the dedicated hard disk space is not what you should be concerned about when buying a PC disclaimer. No, that's for storage. you can get a yeah. fucking quad terabyte aftermarket for a hundred bucks. Yeah. Or less, seventy. External, yeah. Yeah, external, you hook it up to a fucking USB port, you're good to go. Yeah. It's real easy. You don't need to worry about your your hard disk space anymore. That's irrelevant. So don't get fooled by this. One terabyte hard disk space. Yeah. Don't get fooled by that. The real trick is getting the mid ground, right? So this mid ground one for six ninety nine, so seven hundred. High ball it at eight eight fifty if you get the warranty and everything. Taxes shipping is twenty eight pounds, so it's gonna take two and a half weeks to ship. Mm -hmm. If you don't want to pay fifty bucks in shipping. Right. Um, but you get the middle ground, you get six cores, you still get Windows processing, you can upgrade your own processor if you want, if you like Lenovo or whatever, mm -hmm. Linux, God forbid, you can do all that, and it's it's 0.1 gigahertz faster than the low tier, and it's almost an entire gig faster than the high tier. Mm-hmm. And you have the middle ground graphics card, which you can change out later. You have the Ryzen 7 instead of the R series, which is a minimal upgrade, but significantly better for high quality streaming, right? If you want to yeah. stream in like 1060 or 1080 or higher, you want a better graphics card. Right. And so that's basically what I'm looking at. The other ones are not nice and sleek and flashy, but this one, the SkyTech Rampage, is really probably just better mm -hmm. for it's the it's the middle ground for bang for your buck really, right? And it's got sixteen gigabytes of computer <clears throat> memory space, so those six cores are gonna clock. They're gonna regular. They're gonna work at twice the speed that your eight cores will work at because you can overclock them, mm -hmm. right? They'll do the work of eight with those 16 gigs and then you still have room to overclock it or like what they call turbo yeah you overclock that bitch and mm -hmm. that rant, that thing will literally rampage through digital data it's great yeah it's nice but it's gonna cost a pretty penny it is so these are the things you gotta suss out when you're looking at pc i would say because all of that is already built in to your console gaming Mm -hmm. Like your console already has a, the memory, the graphics, the processor. Then the servers are hosting the um, are also hosting and processing graphics for you. And then your box, your console is basically a receiver. Yeah. So it's a lot easier. Your console doesn't have to have a 3.2 gigahertz processor. Exactly. It doesn't have to. It can run at 2.4 hertz. Now, I can tell you from experience, if you want to stream, 
high quality streams, you do need about 16 gigs of RAM, though. Yeah. Eight is not gonna do because I had eight, I had eight gigs in that computer for a minute, mm-hmm. and I had to go and buy like an eight, eight gig stick and put it in there because yeah. it was it's just not gonna work. Were just they were crazy. Yeah, the yeah. the way qual the the way video quality works nowadays, it's just not eight doesn't cut it. But it is yeah. if you're gonna get into it and then upgrade two months later to a better yeah. that the six twenty four ninety nine for the for the beginner mm-hmm. tier, the Archangel setup. Is gonna work for yeah. you. It'll work for two months. You put the first ten videos out or whatever. Yeah. And then you know when you save up your extra t- your tips or whatever from your day job, you could get that graphic stick after yeah. about three weeks of tips for sure. Um, yeah. It'll be annoying. You can't hang out with your friends as much, but it'll work. Gotta stay indoors, bro. <laughs> yeah. What you gonna be doing anyway? Like, that ties back into what we were saying. Yeah. Now we're done dealing with the tech when you're starting out ain't nobody gonna keep you in check but yourself nope you're not gonna have a community of two, of two thousand fan daily fan viewers going hey where's the next video where's the next video putting pressure on you to perform when you're starting out your longevity is solely determined by your individual morality and determination to prove to the world and to yourself that you're worth paying attention to in this vast area of the internet whether that's on any social media platform on youtube getting your shit out there hold me accountable bro <laughs> but yeah. that's good though because you know the right. thing to remember as a streamer and content creator is that you're not you can't ever let yourself be beholden to your viewers and your and your people yeah that support you for two reasons one if you become a mouthpiece for them they're not going to care. Mm-hmm. You're just going to echo their own sentiments and they'll feel good about it. But statistically speaking, confirmation bias. <laughs> it creates confirmation bias and then they stop giving a shit because then they feel right. Yeah. And the thing to always remember is that when you're out here, you're out here for yourself. And nobody yeah. owes you anything and you don't owe your viewers anything. Yeah. You're out here putting stuff out you want to put out that you feel is important. And if people are listening and liking and whatever, people are advertisers are putting their stuff on your content, all of that's outside your box. Exactly. Your lane, your box is what you want to do. And if people are on board, they're on board. If they're not, that's fine too. Word. I've never heard more true words. <laughs> because if you if you let yourself become beholden other people, you forget to be true to yourself and then you hate yourself later on. Exactly. And I've already been down that road. That shit sucks. Yeah. It's not good. So if you're out there like us trying to get into this shit, remember. Yeah, man. You're building your own brand for yourself and for others like you. Right? Because you feel somebody needs to put that voice out there. But your voice is your own. It's not somebody else's voice. If If they want it done a certain way, if they think that you should have had a difference of opinion... Hit that person back. Be like, all right, let's see you start your own shit. Right. And I'll I'll link with you if you survive the first three months. There you go. I'll yeah. link with you. You survive <clears throat> three months, I'll link with you. Right. And then you and I can have a conversation and we can have a dialogue on stream and shit. Mm-hmm. 
It's that simple. Let me see you put in the hard work to get started, and then I'll try and raise your boat with my tide. Exactly. Otherwise, you're going to be riding that tsunami, son. Right. You're going to be caught in that curl of that wave that I'm on top of. Right. Right. Yeah, man. That that That's it. And, uh, gosh, you just... You just put me in check there for a minute. Sorry. No, I do. There's been some some stuff that I've been like like uh, content creation for my YouTube videos. I just like haven't been putting out anything, and I'm just like, oh, you need uh-huh. to do it. You need to do it. But I just got my tech situation sorted, fully situated. Now I'm like, nice. all right, now I get into get into full content yeah. creation mode. So now. My insides are ticking and they're saying, yeah, bro, you got to ramp up that content creation. Now. Yeah, because this is this mm-hmm. is the next one we were going to talk about. Yeah. Is content creation for your own label, for your own brand. Oh, yeah. Versus what the market wants, right? So, like, mm-hmm. let's take, for example, YouTube, right? One of the biggest content creation platforms out there, if not yeah. the biggest, right? A lot of the advertisers on YouTube and stuff don't like anything that's not family friendly because the family unit as a buyer and consumer base reaches more people statistically than say the yeah. the bachelor the 16 to 30 year old bachelor or whatever that's one person versus a family of on average four right so you're talking about reaching the parents plus the kid who's going to put pressure on the parents to buy product yeah advertisers want that more because that's more people per dollar that they spend but most people don't want to view, don't really care about family-friendly content. They want honest content. They want original content, mm-hmm. right? They want something that they may or may not agree with, mm-hmm. but they can vibe with it. And be like, you know what? That's a good point. That's kind of like what we were talking about last podcast, where I was like, right. people like the family-friendly Kevin Hart, or they like the just... Get you Sticks uncomfortable, Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle. Yeah, it's just like everybody likes them both in yeah. doses. Exactly. Like we all mm-hmm. like seeing our family at the holidays, even if it's a nightmare. Mm-hmm. We look back at that and go, "That shit was really funny. That was a good Christmas." Yeah. Even if it was only that one time, and we were all fighting and shit, that one person got that one really good joke in. Yeah, that's gonna stick with you for years. Exactly. Right. So that makes it all worth it. And maybe the rest of the year you want sticks and stones. Right. Or maybe all year you want family vibes because you have kids or whatever and they're in their formative years and you got to make sure that they're not picking up all bad habits that they don't have the judgment to control yet. Okay. But, you know, St. Patty's Day rolls around and you want something a little more edgy. Exactly. Right? You want somebody out there to go, hey, you know what? I'm out here having a good time. It's okay for you to go have a good time too. It's one day. Mm-hmm. Don't go crazy and end up wrapped around a tree. Mm-hmm. No one needs that. Kids don't need that. Family doesn't need that. You don't need that. But you can get a babysitter. Mm-hmm. You can turn off the streaming, go out, have a beer with your friends, come back, stream for two hours. Mm-hmm. Whatever. It doesn't have to be this whole one way or the other thing. Right. It's about what you decide, how you evaluate it. And what market you want to go for. Because personally, I don't want, like, when I'm creating content, I'm going to self-explicit. Mm-hmm. When I upload, I'm like, explicit, <laughs> 18 or older. Right. 
Like, I'm going to be drinking occasionally on my thing. I'm yeah. going to be doing alcohol reviews of all sorts. When I'm gaming, people are going to ask me in chat, hey, what are you drinking? And I'm just going to tell them. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to turn it around and be like, uh, I'm drinking a non-alcoholic green bottle drink that tastes a lot like Heineken beer. Zero, zero. Like, <laughs> right? Like, I'm not going to be out there giving those duels a shout-out. No yeah. disrespect. But right. I don't drink a duels, so I'm not going to give them a shout-out. Like, come on. Yeah. That's not what I'm about. And that's not what I want it to be about because I'm not worried about telling kids whose opinions are going to change every 10 seconds anyways or from yeah. week to week what political opinion they should have. That's not my job. That's not the parents' job. Exactly. It's their job as 16-year-olds, 17-year-olds, kids coming up, getting ready to learn to vote. That's their responsibility to figure out for themselves. And I'm not going to tell anybody how to vote or anything like that or how to behave mm-hmm. beyond the common sense shit. Don't do unto me that you wouldn't want me to do unto you. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm not going to be out there promoting some shit that I wouldn't support. Right. And that's just it. And a lot of that is not going to be quote unquote advertiser family friendly YouTube shit. And that's not to say I won't use YouTube to get my stuff out there because it's the second largest search engine. But I'm not going to be banking on YouTube to monetize my shit. Exactly. That's crazy. Right. And that's just the way it is. And you got to have that real understanding, especially because there was a new bill introduced. Okay. It is getting ready to annihilate content creation if it passes. It's going to get rid of, it's going to legally require content creation websites like YouTube, Facebook, social media platforms to get rid of likes and dislikes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to get rid of like promotional or community promotional um, badges, basically. So like emotes, character badges, subscription renewals. All of that shit that, like, that identifies to the to the community how long this person's been here, how long they've been a supporter, what tier of supporter are you. All that shit is getting ready to be illegal yeah. if it passes. I think it's called Bill. It's called Proposition 47. It's introduced by the same guy, Democratic New York senator, who introduced COPA. Mm-hmm. And if it passes, it's literally going to annihilate shit. And it's going to ban certain video types, like unboxing videos. Mm-hmm. It's just going to ban those altogether. It's going to make them illegal. Due to the fact that a lot of unboxing videos fall under the category of, or under the content coverage for loot boxes. Mm-hmm. Loot boxes qualify as unboxing. And so that would, under this bill, that's what they're targeting, is they're talking loot box unboxing videos and promotion of gambling and micro and predatory microtransactions. But it's a real broad stroke Mm -hmm. and it's not a very nuanced article or it's not a very nuanced proposition and so it's going to be like a huge ban hammer if it passes and it's going to gut content creation it because it's going to cut out most of what social media platforms have already designed as the community interactions Mm -hmm. right like when you watch a youtube on twitch and you see this person's been here for two years they get a different badge than you do or a different emote They've earned it. Exactly. All of that's going to get a, gutted. That's crazy, man. It is crazy. Because it's, I mean, it's a broad stroke for a very nuanced problem, which is never a good solution. 
people did this to themselves because they get so worked up and so emotional about everything and then shit like this happens. And Yeah, Proposition 47 passes. It's going to be a shitty day on social media. And anybody, social media influencers out there, content creators out there who have yeah. built their entire livelihoods around their advertisers' monetization. Yeah. Instead of grassroots crowdfunding like Patreon and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You're going to be hurting like a motherfucker. There's yeah. no way around it. It's going to gut 30 to 60% of your income overnight. Yeah. Like within a month, it's going to disappear on you. That's going to suck. Well, personally, for me, that's why you're going to fight it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, if like, I was in New York, I would be voting against it, but I'm not in New it's York. It's too much, man. It's like, for what? All because people feel some way about loot boxes? Ugh. That argument is killing me, bro. Well, killing we had that me. one out. Killing me. Yeah. These same the right people. Solution. Let me put this out here in public. These same people. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the vast variety. Mm-hmm. These same people out here that are mad about loot boxes and video games. Your girlfriend to go out and buy one of these freaking makeup content creators mystery box that got mm-hmm. like 10 different things in it and right. they don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. And you ain't got no problem with that, but you got a problem with loot box? Oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> that's rough. Yeah, that's rough. Your girlfriend is buying a $125 loot box and you ain't got no problem with it. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I ain't having all that. That just seems stupid. If you're that dumb, then mm-hmm. you, you don't need to have that money in your pocket. Give it to somebody else. It's a thing, bro. Give it to the homeless man. At least he'll appreciate the whiskey he buys with it if he drinks. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's a thing, bro. It's a thing. Is it really? I don't have any. It is. Bro. God damn. People make money off of those mystery boxes. And it's just, it's the draw of the market. It's just like... I have a bunch of products that I'm going to put in this box out of everything that I've created. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be random. So, Dude, purchase it. That's, that's rough. the same thing. That sucks. Hey, you know, people like it. And it goes apart with that whole content creation. I'm going to buy Jeffree Star Mystery Box. And we're going to see what happens when I open it on camera. Jesus. Content creation. It draws eyes. Yeah. People love it. Yeah, it's like top 10 videos. <laughs> Nothing It's the same thing better. with the whole, like, freaking, I'm opening 100 Apex packs. Let's see what I get. Free piece of advice for anybody listening mm-hmm. out there trying to create their own label. Mm-hmm. Nothing helps your channel grow like top 10 lists. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just because, like, people search for it all the time. And mm-hmm. even if you're not, like, in the top 10, your video's still going to get found. Yeah. And that's the other thing of, um, that's the thing I forgot. Uh, I think it's called Proposal 47. Um, if you find out it's different, correct us and let us know. But I think it's called Proposal 47 out of New York. Anyways, if it passes, it's also going to get rid of the autoplay function and the auto suggestion function on social media platforms. So like specifically on YouTube, there is not there won't be an autoplay feature, there won't be an autoplay playlist for related videos or anything like that if it passes. YouTube will have to disable and get rid of all of that. And so discovering content related to what you're searching on is gonna be much harder. So if you don't know exactly what you're looking for, it's gonna be much harder to find the solution that you're looking for. 
right? If you're looking for a walkthrough or a how-to video to teach yourself things, it's going to be much harder for you to go through and learn and teach yourself with all of these vast educational channels out there on how to do things like, God forbid, changing a tire. You have to learn that from a video. Your parents have failed you. Um, but, you know, some people out there don't know and some people don't have, out there don't have families to teach them. So if you have to figure, figure out and teach yourself and you have to go out there and look up stuff for yourself, it's going to be much harder to do that if this proposal passes. Because YouTube and other video platforms will be forced to get rid of any algorithm that congregates and and pulls together related or similar content suggestions for you as a consumer. And so rather than your platform that you're using to research, right? Or explore or just delve down rabbit holes rather than openly explore that as quickly as possible because the, the platform is bringing you the content you're gonna find the unique content yourself which is vastly harder right that's incredibly difficult for smaller youtubers smaller content creators on social media platforms to be found on the marketplace as is it's gonna be even harder if this law passes because then they're going to have to go back to the old way of the most searched is the first one that pops up, right? And so anybody who's all people are going to dominate the first five pages of YouTube, right? Or any other search engine or video platform. I would guess 10% of people will fill And that's a huge problem for people like you and I trying to start out and trying to build our own brand. And it's a huge problem for anybody who's been doing it even for like five years now. Right. Anybody under a million on any platform is going to get hit hard if this passes. It'll gut your income. And then advertisers are going to be like, oh, you're not getting the same viewership advertisement from you. Because yeah. you're not reaching the audience you were. And that's a problem. That hurts them too? Yeah. So it's a major problem if it passes. This is one thing I hate about freaking media, bro. I'm searching and I found the article on what the name of the freaking bill is. They're just saying a new bill. That helps me out perfectly. Let me see if I can find the video. Man, while we try to fact check in real time, right. freaking, uh, they don't want to tell us what the name of the thing is. That's another thing, bro. Why can't I ever find precise information when I'm Googling something? That's crazy. Well, part of it is content creation, right? Everybody's, there's going to be tons of people covering the same thing. And so finding the information is going to be really just one opinions. I don't even know why. And so finding that, tr that, that one piece that actually reports on it is going to be very difficult because most of the content out there is about opinion. And so finding it's actually going to report on the issue and describe the issue in detail is very hard because that's what the paper is out there for already in public record. And most of the times they're not going to call it by the traditional House bill or Senate bill name because those are usually long and boring. They're going to come up with a nickname for it. Like this one video called it a thousand times worse than COPA. Right. And there's going to be a new nickname for the bill rather than being rather than the bill being called what it actually is. And that's a, that's a problem. But right. it's unavoidable when content creators are out there trying to 
be discovered, they're going to try and come up with a trendy thing that gets their shit promoted. I'm trying... That's really annoying that it's not... popping up. They might have squashed it already. It might be being shadow banned. <laughs> we'll tie it into the bottom here. It's a proposal introduced by Ed Marquis York. I think it's technically labeled as Child's Online Privacy Protection Act. Oh no, that's COPA. I'm an idiot. Um, this one is called Kids Internet Design and Safety. So this is called the Kids Act. And that's Kids Internet Design and Safety. It's K-I-D-S. Introduced by Ed Markey out of New York, Democratic Senator for the Dems. Small businesses like that has never gone well for anybody. Which is all most which is all most content creators are. People don't understand that content creators are small businesses. They're individual businesses. Um, you could call them a nano business if you wanted. They're, they're filing a 1099 form during tax season as self-employed, and they've got shit tons of paperwork to take to, take to their tax consultant, their CPA, about what the hell they've been doing for the last year. And yeah. Just to sort out their taxes and shit. Um, but yeah, so this is called Kids Act. This is going to be a nightmare for people. Um, oh, wow. Way to call it the Kids Act. That's crazy. Well, it's I about, mean, you know, protecting kids from predatory loot box practices and shit like that. And keeping kids from... As I roll my eyes. Yeah. I think it's it's coming from a good place, probably. But, like, with most first-time legislation... It's insensitive to the wide range of different content creation and exactly. the markets that it's, you know, trying to attack, I guess. Yeah. Which, I mean, brings us to the point of where you have to start including more of the public and more people that, you know, that really understand the issues in the industry and the market to kind of bring them in and try to help out with guiding this type of legislation. All right, guys, the podcast will be back after this break. Thank you for sticking with the podcast. As we go on this break, I want to remind you we're a Stitcher Premium affiliate. So you can use code ASPACE at checkout to get one free month of Stitcher Premium on us. Again, that's code ASPACE at checkout when you're registering for your Stitcher Premium account. And you get one free month of Stitcher Premium on us. Also, do you want to get this podcast ad-free? You can go and support us on Patreon, and for $5, you can get this podcast without any of the ads, any of the plugs, and we can get that for you. We can drop that down in the description of this podcast. You can also go to our Facebook page, A Space Podcast, and also, if you can't reach us there, you can reach us on social media channels at A Space Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. We're going back into the podcast right now. I think that's exactly what you need to do. Um, unfortunately, I think people in Congress or lawmakers don't give a shit about that. 
they just want to do a quick, hot, flashy campaign, create something, put it out there, and run with that to get reelected. They go, hey, look at this bill. I proposed this legislation. It didn't get passed because of bad actors and people on the other side challenging and not letting it go through and this and that and the third. And it doesn't matter if that's true or not because it's a catch a campaign slogan, which sucks. But that is the reality of it. They'd rather do something that's quick and dirty that does nothing, mm-hmm. really, except for harm the industries that the laws affects. And then once that reaction is out there, once that change has been made, they get to ride the wave on it. Mm-hmm. And so they don't call in testimony and they don't ask, they don't form a investigatory committee to see what would happen, see if this is a good idea, see if the law should be worded differently so it affects more specifically, so it targets more specifically the problems they're trying to treat, that kind of thing. They just go, eh, you know, ban hammer, whatever, done. Mm-hmm. And that's not helpful. That's not good for anybody. Um, and it's just, ugh, it's irritating that that's the way it is. But that's how our law system, our legal system works. Yeah. Our lawmakers are slow to act if they do act. And when they do pass a law, nine times out of ten, it doesn't actually do what it's supposed to. Like, for example, there's a law passed in California recently that basically prevents police from arresting you for theft or larceny if the items you take total to less than $950, right? So it's basically getting rid of petty larceny. The only thing you get arrested for is grand larceny. Mm -hmm. And the idea is that it would reduce arrests and hard time and thing and reduce the the cost of being young, dumb and stupid. Right? Yeah. And in actuality what it's done is just created an open market for people who don't live in that area to come into that area and just steal shit. As long as they don't break nine hundred and fifty dollars, even if the cops are called, the cops can't arrest you. Mm-hmm. In effect. Mm-hmm. You know? And so there's literally videos right now that you can find of people just going into Walgreens and shit and raking makeup off the shelves in the trash bags with hoodies on and just walking out of the store. Mm. Because nobody's going to, nobody can arrest them. Right. And it's like, fuck it. It might be a good, it's like one of those things is it was good intention in theory. Yeah. And then when you made it a thing, People looking for a quick dollar, a cheap buck, exploited that. And found a way to get around it. Yep. 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 Sadly. Sadly. It's just, you know, the our system is (laughs) just terribly ineffective. Well, look, if this bill gets passed, we still got another thing coming for us. We we can uh Go serious in our writing. How's that been going? Good. Um, 
I wrote that I wrote a piece down the other week, but I haven't typed it up yet. I've just been fucking grinding every day this week. I've had a whole bunch of shit to do for eBay. Yeah. And I forgot to do auctions and stuff for the business today, but it's a Saturday and it's like middle of ACC season, so no one's really going to be out here next next Saturday bidding on shit anyways. Uh, week after next will probably be really good week since it'll be payday week again. Yeah. So, uh, are, what are you writing these days like? I'm trying to take a lighter note mm-hmm. on things. Okay. Um, I was looking back at a lot of my stuff and a lot of it is just really painful. Mm-hmm. And, like, it just, a lot of it is really expressing a lot of negative shit that I've had in my head that I've been trying to get out. So this is poetry, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Um, a lot of it's been, like, free-form stuff that you would expect for, like, spoken word competition, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so I've been considering doing, like, for some of my content creation, doing, like, audio recordings and stuff of the poems mm-hmm. and putting those out there. Okay. Um, and then really like practicing like intonation and everything like that. Yeah. Which I think would be good because it'll give more of a context to what, what I'm, what I'm trying to say and how I'm trying to say it. So that when people, read it or listen to it or read and listen to it, they actually get what I'm meaning rather mm-hmm. than like sometimes when you read a poem and you have to reread it like 10 times to really understand what the author's trying to say, which is good. And mm-hmm. I'm all about that. I'm all about spending time on content. People like shit. People took the time to write down and publish and yeah. go through the headache of publishing. You should really take into consideration the time people put into the words Yeah, that they then put out there for judgment. All that said, um, I'm not sure if I'm the right person to do it because I don't want it to be something that nobody gets. And I don't want, I don't want it to be so narrowed in with the way I say it, that there's no room left open for interpretation point of written word. So... I think I will be doing the audio recordings inevitably. It'll just be a matter of whether or not what type, what what of your content you will put out there. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. And which platform? Okay. Right, because audio would probably work best on like. You probably get good on SoundCloud. SoundCloud, um, Instagram. Mm-hmm. For like shorter pieces, a lot of pieces are too long. But yeah. like, you know, they're they're between like a minute to like two and a half. Mm-hmm. So it'd be great for poetry radio if there was poetry radio out there. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know that I've ever found a poetry radio station. Um, jeez, dude, a podcast just use. Spinning your poetry? That'd be dope. Yeah, I was going to ask you what you thought about opening and closing with the poem. I know we have the uh, 
standard that we have right now. Shit, that can always change. What yeah. do you mean? <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's like always something or something. You know, you do a piece, I do a piece, some yeah. shit like that, or you know, it doesn't have to be long. You just do like fucking haikus for all I give a shit. There something different. Yeah, which I keep meaning to do. I gotta go back to my archives. I have a bunch of haikus I was writing during uh, Renaissance. I went through with um, Japanese. Uh, culture mm-hmm. um primarily with look looking into like the relationship between uh penmanship and swordsmanship mm. and how they were very often taught side by side mm-hmm. for in a, in a much more higher tier etiquette versus like a ronin or a traditional samurai era, which I think would be feudal Japan versus, I can't remember what it was called that I'm talking about, but it's basically like high swordsmanship. Mm -hmm. I think it was before the Edo period, there was a classification between high swordsmanship and low swordsmanship, basically. Um, I guess it would have been right right around the time feudal Japan ended, the Shogun era ended, where you had a massive amount of ronin samurai. Mm-hmm. Um, which is sort of redundant to say, but a ronin is basically a samurai without a without a shogun or without a lord. Um, and so it created this 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 difference in like sword fighting that you would see, like sword fighting techniques that you would see mm-hmm. that were like sort of slapstick passed down from person to person in the streets. Versus, like, traditional, I'm only going to use my sword in this one style kind of thing that you would typically see in, like, families of swordsmen. Right. right. Um, and so that was just really interesting. So I was writing a lot of haikus around then and just, like, trying to take shit that I saw and just become more concise with my writing and word choice mm-hmm. by restricting myself to the 575 structure of a haiku. Which is incredibly difficult to do when you're using really big words mm-hmm. <laughs> to try and be concise, right? You're trying to express very specific sentiments with very precise and very often longer words than normal, right? Mm-hmm. And so trying to balance the, the simplicity of a haiku and its dependency upon simple word phrase with... I guess what we would consider higher education vocabulary mm-hmm. or vernacular. And it was like a couple of them are like really good, but mm-hmm. most of them are like, ugh. <laughs> but that's the way writing goes. So, yeah. That's what I'm doing. Nice. Yep. For me, bro. I'm so mad. There's been so many like shows that I've been watching lately that have been taking pieces of the different writing I've been doing. I'm like, oh, I'm so angry. Like mean? Altered Carbon, totally. So the new season just caught my eye. I've not watched the other four. Just though, well, no, it, there's only one other season. This is the second one. Why does it say number five on it then? I don't know. That's weird. Yeah, it must be a glitch. Um. Just totally stole one of my story ideas, but 
Well, still a lot of story ideas for me. Like, it, this happens to where I'll write something and never publish it. Then ever. somebody else beats you to the punch. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, like, concept-wise. So, like, there's never... So, like, a long time ago, I wrote a piece, and I swear to God someone got their hands on it. <laughs> because um, it was a piece about how... A bunch of different people shared a shared consciousness, and then Netflix came out with that show. I forget what it's called, where like all the people share the same feelings and intuition and stuff like that. Oh, I forgot um, what the name of it was. Since eight, that was my freaking story, bro. <laughs> that was like, mine. That was I wrote that during like creative writing class, like creative writing two in high school, and. Uh, yeah, to be so fair, bad. Sense Eight had that feel yeah. to it, dog. Mm-hmm. Like I watched it, mm-hmm. and I really liked the concept. And I was hoping that they were going to give more time to the writers to really flesh it out and develop it because it was a really cool concept. But it was just poorly executed, and it didn't have good enough actors in it to sell it. Yeah, because t- they got my script, bro. <laughs> they snatched and they it. They tried to write it, but they, they couldn't do it like the dreams. like the boy. They couldn't do it like the kid. They couldn't do they it. They couldn't do it like the kid. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, man. Um, yeah. So my grand total for my for the second half of everything I have to buy is going to be like $843. Nice. Not nice. <laughs> Not nice. Bad. Very, very bad. Very nice. Painful. Um, Don't ever look at an investment in yourself as painful i guess is what i would say i view everything in myself as painful what you talking about oh my goodness (laughs) life is pain dude like we get up every day and we're like there's always some shit that makes you want to stay your ass in bed yeah but at the same time every time you go through that pain it's a should be a good pain i mean it's good once you get through it but a lot of times you don't appreciate the pain for what it is when until it's over exactly yeah well that's good I'd say pre, you gonna be able to pre-appreciation. Pre-appreciation? Pre-appreciation. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Practice pre-appreciation, folks. But yeah, so I'm going to have to make that call Monday. Mm-hmm. And then I'm, I'm, once it gets here, I don't know if it's going to take a week or two to get here, but once it mm-hmm. all gets here, I'm going to have to take like a, a whole day to set it up, get all the tech and everything and software synced up. Make install sure OBS, mm-hmm. capture card, make sure it's all. What type of capture card are you in? It's that uh, Elgato? No, I already showed it to you. Oh, the other one. one you showed me? Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, I can't remember the name right now. Starts with no, no, I remember. Redbox. Yeah, yeah. Fucking, that's bugging me now. I remember. Yeah, that shit was painful. Mirror box. Uh, right. Like, was trying to send the Doria, and I was like, no, that's a fucking anime character, Phil. Get your <laughs> shit together. <laughs> that is not it. Oh, my goodness. Oh, man. Uh, so, when are we going to publish some stuff, some writing? When are, when are we going to put stuff out there for people to see? So, that was my. Uh, that's what I wanted to talk to you more about was Wattpad. And, mm-hmm. It strikes me that when I'm re- going through and reading it and looking at it, and reading some stuff, yeah, it's really more about like 
noveling and long open-ended stories and <laughs> not so much about the poetry and stuff. And I don't mind doing short stories and stuff. No, like there's that. hella poetry on there too, though. Okay. Yeah. Really? You think of, so? A lot of poetry collections. Okay. You should you should look it up. All right, I'll keep. The digging. thing is, is that people aren't as consistent with the poetry though as they right. are with the and novel. So it doesn't grow as much because poetry doesn't serial as much. Mm. So, like, Wattpad is a huge, like, that's how they started with, like, serial reading. Mm -hmm. So, like, everybody come back and your favorite authors, they have, like, a schedule of when they post and Mm -hmm. they post their serial novel and that's how it goes. Mm -hmm. Novelists are way more consistent on Wattpad than poets are. Okay. And that's just because a lot of poets... Like you said, audio record or perform in public or stuff like that. Yeah. A lot of them don't post a lot of stuff. And I don't know, sometimes it'll probably be harder for a poet to write their work. But that just, to me, I've seen a lot of poetry collections on Wattpad, but I haven't seen a lot of consistent collections where, like, Mm. People are updating more. Like novels. What would you say would be regular on Wattpad? Like, what do you mean? Like in the poetry section or overall? I guess both. I mean, I don't really keep up. Like, because poetry collections mm-hmm. are so inconsistent, I don't really keep up with any poetry collections. But I would say the most consistent stuff are novels and, like, honestly... Probably not in your wheelhouse, but a lot of novels on Wattpad are like romance novels. That doesn't surprise me. There used to be this one site called fanfiction.net, which you can find. Fan fiction for any TV show, anime, video game. And most of it on there is what you would call lemons or one-shots of just like steamy erotica, fan favorite shit that, you know, you're not going to see televised Mm -hmm. on TV stuff that's, you know, in your imagination as the viewer and consumer. Right. Um, Especially during that time, because, like, showing openly gay couples and intimacy on TV and in movies was not a common thing when we were growing up. It's still not very common today. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so fanfiction.net was a huge site and there was pretty much no limit on your publication it could be as long or as short as you wanted it to be Mm. Mm -hmm. you could constantly update and edit it and keep going with it Um, that's exactly how wattpad is too a lot of people who write on fanfiction.net write on wattpad too you think so yeah which is because there's a lot of fanfiction on wattpad too Mm -hmm. yeah so wattpad is just i think wattpad is just a new take on all those different sites mm-hmm. but it's kind of like apple where they're just taking every idea that everybody else has but refining it and making it mm-hmm. more pretty for people to ingest right manage stuff so like that. basically yeah. i just need to set up an account and be consistent with my poetry <laughs> definitely mm-hmm. which is doable i just don't know what kind of I won't know what kind of consistency I want to set until I start setting it and see if I can meet it, I guess. Because my yep. po- my writing is a lot more hit or miss. It's a lot more experiential based. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, sometimes you can put in a lot of work and then you just got to take time off, get life mm-hmm. experience, and then go back to work. 
Yeah. Um, which is why writing is a very feast or famine profession. Exactly. Unless you get a book deal. And even then. So we'll see. But I think we should definitely start doing it. Um, when are you going to start noveling? Well, I'm still working on my short story. My problem yeah. right now is that I do most of my short story writing out in public because having all that stuff going on around me helps for my short stories. It does not help for my poetry. Poetry, I have to be by myself. Yeah, quiet. Maybe music in my ears, you know, something that fits my vibe. Yeah. Um, and then I got to be, like, undisturbed, you know, except for, like, maybe my cat. <laughs> right? And But for short, short story reading and writing, I got to be out and about around people just like it gets having to track all that shit I want to keeps my head engaged mm-hmm. and so like my writing like ebbs and flows when I'm in public mm-hmm. or I'm not writing consistently but I find that I write better and I'm not editing on the go as much as I write which is good because if you spend as much time editing as you do writing then you're never going to finish shit so do you write the characters that you see in real life into your story like, no. do you pull those mannerisms? No, not really. Um, or do you just, like, sometimes. feed off of the feedback coming in from the stuff happening around you? Um, it depends. Um, sometimes I'll be writing a character, and then I'll realize that that character, I want them to have similarities as somebody else that I see, mm-hmm. or somebody else that I know. It's not really that I'm basing that character entirely around them. It's just like, oh, that mannerism or that behavior would fit this character in, a, in this world mm-hmm. kind of thing and I'm like oh that's good or like I see a bunch of stupid shit like mm-hmm. my problem in my writing is like focusing on the details that build the world mm-hmm. I get too detailed with my character descriptions and stuff like that and each individual scene mm-hmm. you know I'm describing the way the fucking dust settles on the road when I'm just giving a character description and that's not helpful. It, it takes up too much space. And so uh, being out in the world and having everything go on around me and keeping track of all that mm-hmm. heightens, you know, the day-to-day stuff that people recognize. Like, focusing more so on, like, the weather or what people talk about, what how people act, react, commentate on the world around them. Those kinds of things, those yep. elements that people pay attention to rather than the details that I'm trying to draw up to create a, a clear and concise image in the head mm-hmm. you know they don't necessarily need to know that the button is slightly loose on the character's jacket unless it's specifically like an image metaphor for that character's mental unless it, capacity, you know unless it aids to the character right and I'm time. spending too much too much time on detail that doesn't mm-hmm. just like building the scene and I can't do that from scene to scene. Well, another thing is if you over-describe your characters, you could just bullet point everything you describe and make it matter. Right. That's, That's true, something too. you could do as well if you find that. Yeah. Like, use your your behavior as a strength to aid to your writing, you know? Mm-hmm. That would probably be a possible, possible good thing for you. Yeah. But yeah, so... I definitely need to just create an account and see how I like it. Is really where I'm at. Mm-hmm. But right now, I just feel like I have to grind so hard right now to like get this next major payment done and then get the car and everything taken care of. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and get that settled out. And which is why I need to go ahead and make this purchase because after this major purchase, they're not going to be doing shit except for trying to get that car paid off. Right. Um, and I'm waiting on that insurance and all that to come in. And that'll take a huge breath off my chest. And if I go ahead and make this purchase now, then it's not hanging over my head for another three weeks trying to figure out how I'm going to make it work because I, I have the resources to do it now. Right. And if I put it off another three weeks, that's three more weeks I'm not moving straight at my target. Mm-hmm. It's three more weeks I'm listening to other people ask me questions about how it's going, what, it, what am I doing, this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And spinning my wheels this is the only answer I really have. I'm trying to make it sound like I'm not spinning my wheels, but I am. Right. I can't stand that shit. I don't like to hurry up and wait. That shit drives me fucking nuts. Right. So, the faster I can end that period, the better. Because I've got a four-year timeline right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm three months into that shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm not, like, you know, just, like, I'm trying to keep the pressure on myself. We said at the beginning of this podcast, nobody's going to hold my feet to the fire except for me. Exactly. And nobody's going to make me get it done except for me. Um, I'm not trying to coast through another fucking year. <clears throat> that shit drove me drove me up the wall at Christmas last year. Yeah. Like, it was so bad for my stress levels in my health. Yeah. Yeah, brody. Man, we done, we done recorded something in the beginning. I would say if you uh, if you want to get that bonus recording that we recorded in the beginning today, it would be cool to become a five dollar supporter on our Patreon page that we will have linked in our description for this podcast. Hey, there we go. <laughs> like we said, not trying to be beholden to YouTube exactly. or Instagram or any of these other platforms out here that might get the ban hammers or state law regulations thrown in into the wedge and screw everything up. Exactly, exactly. Also, you'd be able to get this podcast ad-free directly from us, which would be pretty dope. Yeah. And uh, you would get bonus episodes like that where we talk about Ben Shapiro. Mm-hmm. And we talk about cybernetic arms and legs and attachments and stuff. It's pretty cool. <laughs> that would be dope. That would be dope. All right, guys. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for listening. We're going to cut it out for tonight. We're going to go to the outro. See you guys later. Peace. Peace. sick and tired of ads? Well, this is an ad to tell you that you don't have to listen to ads. Stitcher Premium has some of your favorite shows ad-free, like Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, My Favorite Murder, Science Rules, and Dr. Death. It also includes early access to Stitcher Originals, bonus episodes, comedy albums, and more. Go to stitcherpremium.com and upgrade your account for only $4.99 a month or $34.99 a year. Plus, sign up today through our website and get your first month on us. 
It's 2019. Ads are optional.